Hey everybody, Nick Espinoza, your chief security fanatic here, and it is Sunday, so we are doing breaches of the week. And this week in data breaches is actually two weeks due to traveling literally to the other side of the planet. I just did not have a chance to really dive in last weekend, so I'm telling you right now, this is going to be long. Buckle up. There is a ton of data breaches out there. But before we begin, as always, as you're listening to this or watching this, if you're watching me on YouTube uh, and not on my radio show or on the podcast, I'd like to thank David Little, Sander Slidenerink, Jay Dance, and Cherry C for sending me this information. And please keep sending those tips my way. It always helps. And with that... We're going to start with the big one, and I'm going to catch you up on Move It because a ton of companies continue to essentially come out and say, hey, we got hit with the Move It breach as well. And even U.S. states are now issuing statements regarding the totals thus far in their states. And so right now, some 134,000 Massachusetts residents may have had their personal information stolen uh, basically due to the MoveIt breach, and, and that is essentially due to the UMass Chan Medical School, uh, and that is obviously a huge problem. On top of that, the Colorado Department of Healthcare Policy and Financing, which runs the state's Medicaid, got hit for about 4 million Coloradans, or Coloradoans, I'm not 100% sure on that one, please somebody from Colorado let me know. On top of that, we have the University of Missouri system, New York Life Life insurance company Geico, yes, Geico, the cute little gecko that sells you insurance, care source for three millions, EMS management and consultants, which then obviously had as EMS emergency medical services. We start seeing the breaches as a result of them. The first one is Alexander County EMS as a result of EMS management and consultants. Again, all move it. On top of it, Wilton Reassurance Company, First Farmers Bank and Trust, the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation uh, basically reported this as well for 42,000 Vermonters. Indiana Medicaid, that's right, Medicaid for the entire state of Indiana at 744,000. Pace University, whose third party got them hit, though they're not declaring those third parties. And Temple Terrace Fire Department in the state of Florida. So obviously, Move it keeps being nuts, <clears throat> but we are nowhere near done because we're going to keep on rolling with Cummins Behavioral Health because August 11th, basically, they notified individuals that they experienced a data breach after an unauthorized party accessed sensitive consumer data entrusted to them. Now, this breach was on March 9th of this year. And they determined that the information stored on their servers may have been subjected to unauthorized access on February 2nd. And we're talking names and social security numbers, and that's all I know. So heads up to you if you use Cummins Health. On top of this, we have Discord. That's right, Discord, the uh, platform that a lot of people use to spin up servers and communicate, all those kinds of things in a post on their website. They said Discord.io suffered a quote-unquote major data breach uh, basically a few weeks ago Monday night, resulting in content from their databases being leaked to unknown actors. Quote, we were made aware of a breach later on in the day. After confirming the content of the breach, we decided to shut down all services and operations. Discord is back online since then, but obviously heads up all you Discord users. Moving on, let's talk about the Metropolitan Police in London out of the UK because the Met Police are on high alert after quote, staggering IT security breach happened. Now, potential leaked data from that system with access to names and ranks, as well as photos of officers, could do, quote, incalculable damage 
in the wrong hands. Obviously, that is a huge issue as well. Now, the Metropolitan Police, uh, as I mentioned, they're on high alert for this. Scotland Yard is working with them to basically um, see what, what is going on here. And so obviously, that's a huge, huge problem. I'll let you know what is up with that. But obviously, if you've got people that are against the police, you know, and we're going to talk about Northern Ireland here in that situation... That is obviously a huge problem. We need to keep our officers safe no matter where they are <clears throat> in the world. Now, moving on. This is an interesting one because we're going to be talking about Kroll, Risk and Financial Advisory Solutions Provider, Kroll. Now, if you've ever had a data breach and you have cyber insurance, like nine times out of ten, we see Kroll as the one that's being engaged by the insurance company to basically unstick you or at least help guide you through that ransomware attack. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that's obviously a huge thing. So here's what happened. Kroll, uh, this past Friday, disclosed that one of their employees uh, fell victim to a highly sophisticated swim uh, SIM swapping attack. Now, the incident took place on August 19th, and it targeted the employee's T-Mobile account specifically, and I quote, T-Mobile, without any authority from or contact with Kroll or its employee, transferred that employee's phone number to the threat actor's phone at their request, end quote. That's essentially what a SIM swap attack is. Now, that obviously enabled that unidentified attacker to gain access to certain files containing personal information on bankruptcy claimants, obviously, that Kroll was dealing with in the matters of BlockFi, FTX, if you remember that big mess, and Genesis. So, obviously, a bit of a black eye for Kroll, but it wasn't their fault. <laughs> Moving on. Let's talk about one of the oldest historical societies in the state of Ohio because they just got hit with ransom, a ransomware attack that leaked sensitive information on thousands, of, I'm assuming, of their patrons and employees. This is the uh, Ohio Histor uh, History Connection, and it's a statewide history nonprofit that was chartered in 1885 that manages more than 50 sites and museums across the entire state of Ohio. It houses also the State Historic Preservation Office as well as official state archives. So this is a pretty big deal for the state. The organization published a notice this past Thursday saying that they mailed breach notification letters on Wednesday to people affected by this attack. We are talking names, addresses, and social security numbers of people employed by that organization from 2009 to 2023 were leaked as well as W-9 records. Those are uh, obviously tax and contractor records. And the ransomware gang was not identified. Also access documents related to vendors, checks provided to OHC uh, by donors since 2020 and more. So if you're an employee or a donor, to the Ohio History Connection, the statewide nonprofit, <laughs> heads up to you. Moving on. Let's talk about a Portuguese language-based spyware app that you and I could buy to spy on a phone called Web Detective. Now, this has been used to compromise more than 76,000 Android phones in recent years across South America, specifically Brazil. Now, Web Detective is also uh, the latest phone spyware company in recent months to have been hacked. In an undated uh, note seen by TechCrunch, the publication where I'm getting this, the unnamed attackers described how they found and exploited several security vulnerabilities that allowed them to compromise web detective servers and access its user database. Now, by exploiting these other flaws in essentially the, the web dashboard, uh, the, essentially the attackers said that they could enumerate uh, every dashboard record, uh, including every customer's email address as well. So if you bought this software, heads up to you. 76,794 devices to date uh, basically are, are there. So we're talking about any PII, anything that you're gaining as a result of putting spyware on something. And we see this, uh, you know, on on, let's say corporate phones when you're tracking your employees we see this on potentially jilted lovers if you suspect your significant other is not exactly faithful <laughs> these are the kinds of things that get that get downloaded and purchased they're not always secure so heads up to you 
And as I mentioned earlier, <clears throat> we're going to be talking about the Northern Irish Police because they made another arrest after their data breach. I mentioned this actually two weeks ago when I did my full breaches of the week because last week, like I said, I did one quick thing as I was traveling and here we are. But... Here's the update. A 50-year-old man has been arrested as part of the investigation linked to that two, week, two weeks or so ago accidental breach of sensitive data, which likely left militant groups in possession of details on Northern Ireland police. Now, if you recall, and I'm not getting into geopolitics, Northern Ireland is part of the United Kingdom. The rest of Ireland is a separate country, and there are separatists in Northern Ireland that want Northern Ireland to be part of the rest of Ireland. The UK disagrees, and obviously there has been fighting. Go listen to any YouTube album from the YouTube album from the 80s and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about here if you're not familiar with the geopolitics but these groups get violent these groups have been known to bomb and they've been known to kill and if you've got basically the home addresses of every Irish northern Irish police officer that is a huge problem so we're going to see what happens here but but obviously that's deeply concerning moving on Let's head on over to the University of Minnesota, and they contacted law enforcement launch investigation of a data breach that could impact millions of their alumni. Now, an attacker claimed to have collected 7 million social security numbers this past July. They have not explicitly confirmed it. The university hasn't, and they're continuing their investigation. So heads up to you if you went to the University of Minnesota or are a current student, you might have stuff out there. Moving on, <clears throat> let's talk about Duolingo. Some of you may be using Duolingo to learn a second language. There you go. Now, Duolingo users were met with bad news when it was discovered that a significant amount of their data had been exposed online. Approximately 2.6 million of you had your personal information scraped and put up on sale on Breach Forums, that's the underground marketplace, and the exposed information contains a range of data from basic identifiers like usernames and names, uh, you know, and all of that to more detailed insights such as social network profiles, language studies, experience levels, and even progress and achievements within the app. So if you're like a fifth level master at, I don't know, Spanish or Swahili or whatever you're taking, the attackers know and it's for sale. Obviously not good. Heads up Duolingo. Moving on. Let's talk about semiconductor manufacturer Seiko. Obviously, you may know Seiko by the watches, but they do that they do much more as many Japanese companies do. Now their breach notification originally published on their website on August 10th, was noticed by cybersecurity pundits only recently, and it looks like the ransomware gang Black Cat has listed Seiko on their dark uh, their dark web site. Now, the leak site specifically, the company did not go into details. They referred to as, as this as an incident as a possible data breach, but Black Cat, also known as Elf V, which is now claiming responsibility, shared a dozen files on their data like le uh, leak site as proof. They include what appears to be a copy of a passport of Yoshikatsu Kawada, who is the director of Seiko's well-known Watch Corporation subsidiary. So here we go. I don't think any customers thus far uh, are caught up in this. So if you bought a Seiko watch, you're probably okay. And odds are you didn't buy it from Seiko directly. You bought it from one of their many, many retail partners. Moving on, let's head down to Illinois and talk about Morris Hospital and Healthcare Centers in that city. Now, they're in the process of mailing notices to current and former patient and employees to inform inform them that a recent cybersecurity incident may have involved their personal information. This year, on April 4th, Morris Hospital discovered that it experienced a cybersecurity incident. After weeks of investigation, it determined that the exports contained files with information about current and former patients of the hospital, as well as current and former employees and their dependents or beneficiaries. And we're talking names, address, social security, dates of birth, uh, medical records, account numbers, all that kind of stuff. So if you use Morris Hospital and Healthcare Centers in scenic Morris, Illinois, which is southwest, I believe, of Chicago itself by just a little bit, heads up to you. Moving on, let's talk about Jefferson's Health Hospital 
in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Now, a missing piece of electronic equipment at that hospital in Cherry Hill may have compromised the personal information of some of its patients, and that is them basically talking to the public this past Tuesday or two weeks ago Tuesday. Now, Jefferson Health said it began mailing letters that past Tuesday to alert patients to this recent private incident. Now, the possible privacy breach involved a backup DEXA scan device that contained partial information of patients, according to the hospital. Jefferson said that the information on the drive could be viewable and could include names, dates of birth, medical record numbers, the dates of studies, and in some cases, mailing addresses. So heads up to you if you use uh, Jefferson's Health in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. And moving on, let's talk about the LCBO or the Liquor Control Board of Ontario, the province up in Canada in the Great White North. Now, they say that personal data from some of their customers has been compromised in a data breach for the second time this year. The Provincial Crown Corporation said in a statement this past Wednesday uh, that they were informed of this unauthorized party gain access to subscriber data on August 9th. The LCBO sends promotional emails through a third-party service named Conversion Digital, and as a result of that, customers who signed up for those promotions may be impacted. So the data breach primarily includes first names and email addresses however of their information provided when signing up if you gave it like dates of birth postal codes aeroplan number all of that may be affected so if you'd like to get your drink on in ontario heads up to you especially if you're into those promotions moving on Let's talk about entertainment partners because on August 2nd, EP Global Production Solutions LLC, known as Entertainment Partners, filed a notice of data breach with the Attorney General of Maine after discovering that an unauthorized party was able to access and acquire files from their network. In this notice, Entertainment Partners explained that this resulted in that unauthorized party getting names, social security numbers, and addresses, and they are sending out basically affected letters to those who have been affected. And so that we are talking about 471,000 people for the record caught up in that that's obviously pretty big now let's head down under to australia where i actually was last week had a great time and if you're were at that conference in cairns australia i had a great time hanging out with you but aussies heads up because your au domain administrator auda is having some issues and actually this happened while i was down there and i wish i had known and caught up with that now here's what happened they're denying that basically it was affected by a they were they're denying that they were affected by a data breach this past friday after a ransomware gang added them to their list of victims so more than four million domain names are registered to au and the organization is basically deemed the uh, is deemed critical infrastructure in australia on august 11th the no escape ransomware gang claimed to have attacked the organization and stolen 15 gigabytes worth of sensitive data that included personal information and more. The organization released a statement on Friday denying any uh, data breach. Quote, AUDA, uh, or AUDA, I'm guessing maybe they go as, was alerted to an alleged data breach this afternoon. We are investigating the allegation. So far, we have found no evidence of such breach. We will provide an update as soon as we have more information. So hopefully, maybe this is a false alarm. We're not sure, but heads up, if you're in Australia and you own domains in Australia and I'm pretty sure that everybody I was with this past week owns domains for their businesses so heads up to you hopefully you're not exposed moving on Let's talk about LeaseWeb. This is one of the world's largest cloud hosting providers. They're also pretty old in this game. They notify people that they're working on restoring critical systems disabled following a recent security breach. Now, an email sent to customers this past Thursday, the Dutch cloud provider said that they discovered signs of quote-unquote unusual activity in some parts of their infrastructure this past Tuesday night while investigating customer portal downtime issues. LeaseWeb took down some of their impacted systems to mitigate security risks and say that 
their teams are working to restore. For the record, they have over 80,000 servers and have provided infrastructure since 1997 in 25 data centers across Europe, Asia, Australia, and North America. Like I said, they're not AWS, but they've been around a heck of a lot longer. So there you go. Moving on. Let's talk about Advance America of Vermont and Montana because on August 15th, they basically filed collective, uh, collectively um, notices of data breach with various state attorney generals. And they basically said in their notice that the incident uh, was an unauthorized party being able to get access sensitive information. I don't know what that is, but they've sent out notifications to those affected. So if you have anything to do with Advance America or specifically Advance America of Montana and Vermont, it's up to you. Moving on. Let's talk about the Virginia Department of Medical Assistance, because on August 9th, they filed notice with Health and Human Services, uh, obviously a HIPAA breach, after uh, confidential information was subject to unauthorized uh, information. I do not know specifically what that is, but obviously, if they're specifying a notice with Health and Human Services, personal health care and personal health information was there. So heads up to you, Virginia Department of Medical Assistance uh, patients. <laughs> Moving on, let's talk about the Central Bank in Ireland. They've admitted to a day data breach in its credit register, which may have made it harder for thousands of borrowers to successfully access their credit. However, this error did not lead to data being compromised or accessed by unauthorized third parties, but they're still considering this a breach under Irish law. Now, the embarrassing breach relates to the Irish Central Credit Register. That's a database that records whether borrowers have successfully met the terms of credit by repaying on time or in full. So if you're going wonky and you've always paid your bill and they're saying you haven't, you may be caught up in this. So heads up, Central Bank uh, in Ireland customers. Moving on. Let's talk about United Healthcare here in the United States. They filed a notice of data breach with Health and Human Services, and they explain that basically unauthorized actors were able to gather, gather information or see information belonging to almost three, oh, exactly 398,319 individuals. They've sent out notices as well. I'm not sure what data is caught up in that, but obviously it's PHI as well. Moving on. Let's talk about uh, John Taylor High School in Barton under Needwood in Staffordshire. Now, they sent a message containing the attachments. Is everything in England just sound really proper? Just, just doesn't it sound like that? Anyway, they sent a message containing attachments of the parents and students on Thursday. A second email from the head teacher about 40 minutes later urged recipients to delete that that email because the school confirmed that the data breach was a result of human error and they've apologized to both students and parents alike quote this email included four attachments which detailed the grades received by each and every pupil in the sixth form at john taylor high school identified by name and surname as well as not only grade but also individual marks so if your kid's going for valedictorian and you want to see the competition, you just got a leg up at John Taylor High School in, uh, what was it, Barton under Needwood in Staffordshire. So enjoy. Very proper. And now we're going to talk about our mini segment here. Like I said, this is a long, long week or two. Basically, if you had just spent money on defense, you wouldn't be getting sued or paying out a whole bunch. First one is Advocate Aurora. This is an update. I've talked about them here on Breaches of the Week before. They just reached a $12.25 million settlement to resolve their breach lawsuit. That data breach impacted 3 million individuals in October of 2022. And it stemmed from the use of tracking pixels. That's right. They were integrating 
Facebook and Google tracking pixels, those kinds of things. So when you went to set up an appointment, Facebook knew you were going to go see whatever type of doctor you were seeing. Obviously not cool. And every hospital should be heads up with that. And I promise you, removing those tracking pixels would not have cost them anywhere near $12.25 million. Moving on, UMass Memorial Healthcare in February 2023. They have now agreed uh, basically to pay $1.2 million to settle out class action uh, claims due to a data breach between June of 2020 through uh, January of 2021. 3,000 patients caught up in that. Uh, the next one is Unum Group. And basically, there's a proposed class action that Unum had failure to dis, uh, safeguard the personal information stored within their network, resulting in a data breach between May 31st and June 1st of this year, 2023. So if you use Unum Group, you may eventually be entitled to compensation. Moving on, the Hartford Life and Accident Assurance Company, they are facing a class action. I do not know more because it was behind a paywall from like one of those lawfare sites, and I'm not about to pay just to hear about that. But heads up, Hartford Life and Accident Assurance Company, if you have anything to do with them, you too may be entitled to compensation compensation. Same with Memorial Heart Institution, also behind a paywall, but class action is underway due to a ransomware attack they had by the Kara Kurt ransomware gang. So heads up Memorial Heart Institute patients as well. And that is, that's it on that mini segment. And again, if you just spent on cyber defense strategies, you wouldn't be getting sued and you wouldn't be paying out millions. It's absolutely nuts. Just, just, just get on it, people. Moving on, let's talk about CentroMed because a June cyber attack at the San Antonio-based CentroMed affected more than 350,000 people, according to the notice that they filed with Texas's Attorney General. Now, the ninth largest data breach that has been reported to the state agency in Texas since the law went into effect nearly two years ago. That's obviously a big thing. Now, Nashville hospital operator HCA Healthcare, which I've talked about on uh, this breaches segment earlier uh, earlier this month, recorded or reported the largest such breach, which was 3.8 million Texans, and its co-owner, Antonio Methodist Healthcare, which also operates nine hospitals in South Texas. So this is all interrelated. Obviously, aggregate, it's the largest breach Texas has ever faced. Really not cool. And I'm sure people around Texas or non-Texans caught up in this as well. But breach reporting laws in Texas, interestingly enough, require you, if you have more than 250 Texans caught up in a breach, to actually report to the state. Moving on. Let's talk about the Tucson Unified School District. They have a network breach this past January. It affected people, will be mailed uh, basically letters that was on or before uh, August 25th, so it's happening right now. And I basically don't know other than it's personally identifiable information for 29,000 people that got hit. So heads up to you, Tucson Unified School District, and I assume that is Tucson, Arizona. It's the only one I know of. Moving on, let's talk about City Trends. This is a Savannah, Georgia-based retailer with more than 600 stores nationwide. According to City Trends, their data breach took place on or around January 14th of this year, and we're talking about the theft of personal information provided by employees and prospective employees. And we're talking full name, social security, dates of birth, bank finance, bank and financial account information, routing numbers, and other information shared in connection with employment. They began sending notices out on June 22nd of this year. Let's head on back to the United Kingdom and talk about the UK's Electoral Commission because a massive data breach there leaked voter data of over 40 million UK citizens who registered to vote between 2014 and 2022. Now, the electoral body said it first detected suspicious activity in October of last year and discovered that threat actors had accessed the system 14 months prior. So that's around 2020 or so. The data breach uh, leaked personally identifiable information from 40 million individuals 
individuals who registered to vote in the UK and who's casting their ballots overseas as well. Quote, the registers held at the time of the cyber attack include the names and address of anyone in the UK who registered to vote between 2014 and 2022, as well as the names of those registered as overseas voters. So heads up to you. If you're a voter in the UK, odds are your data got hit. Moving on, let's head on over to the United States again and talk about Mid First Bank because on August 22nd, they filed a notice of breach with the Attorney General of Texas and they said unauthorized party gained access to sensitive information, including names, social security numbers, and financial account information. Mid First Bank started sending out notices as well. So heads up. Moving on, let's head on down to Florida and talk about coastal orthopedics and sports medicine of Southwest Florida. Recently, uh, basically, they posted a notice of privacy event on their website after discovering an unauthorized party was able to gain access to their network. And we are talking about names, social security, patient identification numbers, medical record numbers, diagnosis, other medical information, driver's license, health insurance information, financial accounts, dates of birth. Basically, if you've looked cross-eyed at uh, Coastal Orthopedics and Sports Medicine of Southwest Florida, heads up to you. They're sending out notices of breach as well. Moving on, let's talk about uh, Bailey Cavalieri LLC. On August 17th, they filed notice with Maine after discovering a non-authorized party gained access to their systems. We are talking names, social security, driver's license, state IDs, dates of birth, payment card information, financial account information, health insurance and medical information, taxpayer IDs, and login credentials and passport numbers. I don't know if the passwords were caught up in that. It was non-specific. They are sending out breaches. So heads up, Bailey Cavalieri, uh, customers, patients, all your Cavalieri needs. I'm not 100% sure what they do. Moving on, I do know what these guys do, and that it would be Southwell Medical Clinic in the state of Georgia. Now, on around August 16th, Tift Regional Healthcare System became aware of suspicious activity. Obviously, this is one of their subsidiaries. They immediately launched an investigation, and basically unauthorized access took place between August 11th through August 17th. However, there was no access to electronic medical record systems or encryption at that time, and there you go. So we'll see what happens, but heads up, if you do Tift Regional Health System or Southwell Medical Clinic, both tied in the state of Georgia. Moving on, let's talk about the Milan I center they notified the attorney general of vain that one of their vendors this is a company they use iMedicWare inc <clears throat> experienced a data breach resulting in milan center basically putting out the notice and so we're going to be looking out for iMedicWare on breaches of the week now because that's what we do and we're talking names social security numbers address phone number insurance information and health information as well they are sending out letters also moving on and i said this is a crazy long week bank card usa we're nowhere near done for the record so the company says bank card usa that an intruder gained access to their systems between may 31st and june 1st of this year potentially they gained access to names, financial information, uh, credit and debit card numbers, security and access codes, account passwords, or PINs outstanding from using bank cards payment processing services. So if you use bank card for all your banking card needs, heads up to you, your passwords and PINs are probably out there and hopefully you're not using them for other bank accounts or anything basic. Moving on, let's talk about the city of Dallas in Texas because they suffered a data breach that compromised the personal information of more than 26,000 individuals during a ransomware attack in early May. Now, in a notice to the Attorney General's office made public this past Monday, city officials said, we are talking about names, addresses, medical information, social security, and other health insurance information as well. Basically, the, the data breach hindered city services, 
including public safety departments and public library systems, since Dallas officials disclosed this incident to the public on May 3rd. And so now we're just getting more information on this. Obviously, these 26,000 would-be employees of various aspects of Dallas, unless this is citizens, but the, the notice was non-specific. It just seems, given the information, odds are it's employees. Moving on, let's head back over to the UK. It's been a busy week for them, too, and talk about the South Yorkshire uh, police in the UK, because they referred themselves to the Information or Commissioner's Office after stored footage from body cams worn by their officers went missing. Now, the force says it's trying to recover the footage that was recorded by these officers between July of 2020 and May of 2023. So basically three years almost of body case footage, approximately 69 cases have been identified as potentially affected by the loss of data. And the force says it's working closely with the victims and the Crown Prosecution Service to get that data back. Obviously, that's a huge thing. And that is a major drop for the South Yorkshire police. So heads up to you if you're in their jurisdiction. Moving on, let's talk about M&T Bank. Because on August 14th, they filed notice uh, with the Attorney General of Massachusetts, and they said that essentially this incident resulted in unauthorized access to names and financial account information, and M&T Bank is sending out notifications as well. <clears throat> Moving on, let's head on over to France and talk about the Pole employee, and I'm promise you I'm not pronouncing that correctly, but that is France's Governmental Unemployment Registration and Financial Aid Agency. Information basically, uh, you know, for 10 million individuals was caught up in this data breach. The exposed information includes full names and social security numbers, email addresses, phone numbers, passwords, and banking data have not been affected, though, by this leak. And although the exposed data was uh, basically limited, uh, you know, here, they're advising job seekers to be cautious with incoming communications. Also, so they set up a dedicated support line, uh, you know, that has been set up. So here we go. So heads up to you if you're seeking employment from Pole Employee. And again, I'm sorry for my French listeners or viewers that I am I'm just totally butchering your language. But anyway, heads up. Moving on. Um, let's talk about Cloud Nordic. This is an IT provider. They just told their customers to consider all of their data lost following a ransomware infection that encrypted the large Danish cloud provider servers and, quote, paralyzed Cloud Nordic completely, according, essentially, to the, the IT outfit's online confession. So there you go. Everything got wiped out. Now, this intrusion happened early morning on August 18th, during which, basically, attackers shut down all of their systems, wiping both company and customer data and email systems. Since then, the IT team and third-party responders have been working to restore, obviously, this data. But as of this past Tuesday, it ain't looking great. I mean, this, th these are the kinds of things that are, for the record, are life-ending events for companies. You go through something like this, and it is, it's, it's game over. You're done. Who's going to want to work with you ever again? And so basically the publication that I'm quoting from was told that even though the backups were trashed and, and production data, they're trying. And, and so they're obviously not prepared to pay the ransom right now to restore information. It, it, it's been a complete mess. So hopefully Cloud Nordic will get back on their feet. But again, a life-ending event. If you're an IT provider out there, MSP, whatever it is, you've got to make sure you yourself have good cybersecurity and data security. Uh, so many MSPs and IT outfits I know are so outwardly focused that they don't stop to take the internal controls in place. And that's the very first thing you should be doing. You got to practice what you preach. <clears throat> Moving on. 
Let's talk about Prince George's County Public Schools in the state of Maryland. About 4,500 users were impacted by a cyber attack in that school district. The attack affected about 2.5% of the school's 180,000 users, uh, and it primarily impacted staff accounts. And so there you go. This is obviously is a huge issue, but again, they're not saying much about this right now, but heads up if you work for Prince George's County Public Schools. Moving on, let's talk about Clorox. Yes, the bleach folks. They said on Monday, that they've taken certain systems offline off after an unauthorized party disrupted some of their business operations as well. They said they're implementing workarounds for certain offline operations in order to continue servicing their customers and basically engage third-party cybersecurity experts. They said they're also coordinating with law enforcement. And so I'm guessing those that are impacted are going to be their distributors, their logistics, all of that, because nobody's going to Clorox.com and buying bleach. You're just getting it at your local supermarket or market or wherever you get uh, you know, your cleaning supplies. But there you go, Clorox on the chopping block as well. And finally, we've got to talk about LinkedIn. And so I know that a lot of you here that are either watching or listening to this outside of my radio show, because you might be listening to this on the radio show as well, you might follow me on LinkedIn. It's one of my most engaged social media platforms. And so heads up to you, because someone has been targeting LinkedIn accounts trying to break in with either login credentials leaked elsewhere or with brute force attacks. As a result, many people on the platform have had their accounts compromised where others have been locked out due to too many failed login attempts. In other words, somebody's trying to just break into your account. You don't have multi-factor authentication enabled. And at some point, Microsoft that owns LinkedIn says, well, hang on, you've tried 10 times. We're shutting it down. And then it happens again and you get disabled. It's, it's it, These things become a complete mess. So earlier, about a week or so ago, CyberInt reported that many LinkedIn users took to social media platforms like Reddit Reddit, Twitter, and Microsoft forums to ask for help. LinkedIn's customer support was being overwhelmed with requests, and so they had really long response times. One of the victims asked for help to no avail. Quote, no response from anywhere. It's pathetic. I tried reporting my hacked account, going through identity verification, and even DMing them on at LinkedIn help on Twitter. No responses anywhere. What a joke of a company. Obviously, if they're getting completely slammed, that's a huge problem. I equate it to like an airline, uh, and literally this happened to me like a week ago Saturday. I was supposed to fly from Chicago to, uh, to Los Angeles, Los Angeles over to Australia, and I woke up to cancel tickets because there was a hurricane obviously bearing down. So what happened to United, American, all the airlines that had to basically cancel flights across the board out of LAX, one of the major airports in the United States, they got slammed with phone calls. So you got to wait. I mean, that's essentially how that works. Now, while the goal, back to LinkedIn, the goal of the campaign is unknown, uh, as is the identity right now of the attackers, the researchers did manage to find out that emails were being replaced with those from the rambler.ru service, .ru being Russia's domain extension on the internet. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean the threat actors are from Russia. You can go sign up for your own .ru account if you wanted to for some reason, but it does kind of give credence to that notion. Now, as for the goals, social media accounts obviously can be used for malware distribution, social engineering, or fraud. You know, I've got followers on LinkedIn. I've got connections on LinkedIn, etc. If I put something out there that says, hey, I found a great new cybersecurity tool, click here and it's compromised and I get half of my half of my followers compromised or, or something like that. Obviously, that's a black eye 
for whoever that is. You've got to make sure you've got good controls. Now, messages received from friends and colleagues on social media platforms obviously have a higher open rate than those coming from strangers. And that's the reason why you do that. We're all interconnected. And so that's obviously a huge thing. So make sure you've got good multi-factor authentication on everything, not just LinkedIn, everything. Make it as hard as possible. Don't reuse passwords. Don't have the same password for everything. And if your password for LinkedIn is the same as your bank, please go change that. So obviously this was a much larger segment than usual, but it was just a huge, huge couple of weeks and I wanted to catch everybody up on this. And so there you go. Those were your breaches of the week. Were you affected? Let me know. And please like, share, follow me here on Facebook and Twitter at Nick AESP. Same with LinkedIn as well. And feel free to uh, subscribe to me at YouTube as well. And as always, stay safe, stay online, and please, 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 please attempt to stay private. Thanks, everybody.